Hello. And welcome to the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa. And this is Charlie Bradford. Midas Touches, we're going to be covering day one, Tuesday of Royal Ascot. For those of you who haven't yet listened to our preview of the full week with Nick and Oshin, we are going to be tackling each day one by one in a quick fire sort of 15 minute episode, which I think will be ideal for those of you who are just going to one day at the races, or if you want some sort of in-depth analysis specifically on the day of racing that you're looking at so tuesday kicks off at 2 30 with the queen anne which is a group one over the mile and unsurprisingly Bayed heads the market at one to three do you think it's just job done Bayed wins yeah i don't think we need to spend too much time on this race Bayed's a, a class horse i saw him when he last ran at the, in the lock-inch uh, and he was uh, as brilliant as ever that day. He's a course and distance winner, won the QE2 in October last year on Champions Day, beating the last year's Queen Anne winner in, in Palace Pier. Uh, I, yeah, I really can't see past him. I think it was sad that uh, it's a shame that Aldari doesn't line up here. He was uh, declared and is a potentially sort of very progressive horse, so having come out of handicaps last year, but... No, I wouldn't look past Bayed unless you have something something to add. Yeah, the one I would just say, if you're going to have a bet in the race, maybe Sabuska to come in the top two. Uh, Sabuska has had really, really strong form at Ascot. Uh, this year came second behind New Mandate. And I think Sabuska seems to be able to run into places in these group ones. So you don't really get much um, in terms of backing Bayed. So maybe as an alternative, Sabuska to place uh, in the top two could be interesting. 3.05, the Coventry, the first juveniles race. Blackbeard for O'Brien, 11-4. Persian Force, 3-1. Age of Kings, 5s. Brad Sell for Archie Watson, Holly Doyle, 8s. Royal Scotsman, 9s. Scholarship, 16s. Rousing Encore, 20s. 22 bar those. Probably going to be 17 at the moment lining up. Um, how did you see this one? Yeah, well, obviously... Holguin was one we spoke about with Asheen um, for the Andrew Boulding yard. He was sort of happy with him and 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 sort of could recommend him to an extent, but I I don't think for win purposes you would you would necessarily be looking at him. Um, interesting. I watched both Persian Force and Blackbeard in their last runs. I was at the Cairo when Blackbeard won and, and Newbury when Persian Force won. I think of those two. Blackbeard would be my marginal preference, um, though Persian Force does look good as well, and they clearly fancy the horse. Um, we were speaking earlier about how uh, they bought a horse who finished second to to Persian Force when Persian Force first ran. So they clearly think a lot of of the form of the horse, and yeah, he could definitely run a good race. Uh, my marginal preference, however, would be for would be for Blackbeard. Yeah, I think um, you'll be in the same boat as as quite a few people there. Um, I'm kind of with you with Blackbeard, but I think if I was to have a play anywhere else, 
it would be down the market, rousing Encore at 20 to 1. Just like the form of that last race against Breach and Miss Jungle Cat, who had both previously won races, uh, form on, on good firm ground. That was a class two. Obviously stepping up in, in class here, but these Royal Ascot races, you can get a winner at a big price. So, you know, I, I'd probably take a chance on, on rousing Encore to, to come, you know, to place behind uh, to, behind Blackbeard. Um, 3.05 done. The King Stand the first group one of Royal Ascot and it's an international affair. Golden Pal, nine to four, big hype horse for Wesley, uh, Wesley Ward. Nature Strip, the talking horse from the Aussies, uh, nine to four. Twilight Calls, six to one. Kings Lynn, 12 for the Queen. Man of Promise, 12. 14 to one bar those, including Moonister, Winter Power, Lazuli, Tis Marvellous. The field goes on. Aklam Express, uh, we've got to give a mention, to, give a mention yeah. to the Aklam. Um, how did you see this one? Well, from what Nick Bell told us, Nature Strip was a bit of a talking horse. Uh, the Aussies like him. The, he, he sounds as though he's a bit of a machine. Um, and he may well be. I think also Golden Powell is in a similar boat. Very good too. Very talented, clearly. Uh, and on official ratings, I guess they're, they're quite a bit clear of the, of the English horses. Um, I would, however, have... A little go elsewhere i think here um you know big sprint races uh can can often be hard to win uh and it's not it doesn't necessarily pay to just look at the, at the head of the market and i think i found one in tis marvelous a bit further down the market that you can get about 33 to 1 about this horse um and i i think he's he's got a good chance he's he's actually the only course winner in in this whole field which i found quite surprising uh, and in fact, he's won over the course and distance four times. I mean, admittedly, they were in lesser of, uh, events, um, but he has run fourth in this race back in back in 2020. Um, his I'll quickly read them out. His figures at Ascot read one one three four 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 one two one four six four. Um, that sixth was actually in the Commonwealth Cup as well versus Caravaggio. So, you know, his only bad run in inverted commas at at, at Ascot was. Um, was in you know group one so um i think he's got a, a bit to recommend about him uh he was better than ever when beating minzal on champions day last year uh having to give give weight on that occasion to that horse um it's only ran a big rpr there uh, i think he was below par on reappearance um but he definitely would have needed the run uh, and he's actually never won first time out for the season in his career so um not a surprise that he didn't go and do the job there I think at 33 to 1 is a big price and um, I could definitely see him running into a place here. Yeah, I think um, for me, the, the comment about Nature Strip was was very taking and often in these sprint races, it is the older horses who do better. Nature Strip being a seven-year-old, highest rated at 124, has three pounds in hand on figures with uh, Golden Pals. So that should uh, say quite a lot and count for quite a lot when it comes to race time. The one um, further down the market, which I thought was interesting at a huge price, was Equilateral, who ran a big race in this back in 2019. No, 2020. Second behind Batash. Um, obviously coming back from a, a long layoff, but I think uh, they will have been lining this one up. So hopefully Equilateral can run into a place at a huge price. 340 covered. Move on to the 420. The St. James's Palace Stakes. Caribus, 4-7, to seven, the Guineas winner unsurprisingly leading the market. Murray Prospero seems to have a lot of potential for William Haggis, fours. Maljum also for Haggis, eights. Mighty Ulysses, 14s. 
New Energy 16s, 25 to 1 bar those, including Light Infantry, Lucelle, Angel Blur, and Ashin mentioned Barker's Shadow earlier. But I believe you uh, sort of favouring one that I even haven't touched upon there. Yeah, well, again, I'm going to go a bit further down the market. I've got a lot of respect for Caribus. Uh, his performance in the Guineas was was very impressive, and he's clearly a good horse. Um, I would, however, give a mention to Check and Challenge. Now, I guess on the Guineas form, he's got a lot to find with Caribus. Obviously, he finished um, quite far behind that horse that day, but he was completely luckless in running. It's definitely worth mentioning. Um, he was short at room on multiple occasions, uh, short of room on multiple occasions, and got bumped around a bit. Um, so managed to sort of, well, he basically was almost pulled up essentially, uh, and finished down the field. But prior to that, he'd run a really big race at, at Newcastle, winning a, a listed on the All Weather. Uh, now, the All Weather form actually tends to translate quite well to Ascot um, as a course, and so I definitely wouldn't sort of suggest that he doesn't act on turf. I don't think that's true at all. Uh, and I think if you go off his previous form, he's got a better chance than his 50 to 1 you can get about him suggests now. Um, William Knight, of course, has had big days at Royal Ascot. Sabuska being a, a good example of that. And Danny Tudhope's a very good jockey as well. So I'd be willing to give Check and Challenge another chance um, to certainly go a bit closer to Caribus, but I definitely think Caribus has got a good chance nonetheless. Yeah, I can't see Caribus getting beat here. Um, taking the check and challenge was also tipped for the 2000 guineas by Henry Ricks and um, Hugh Taylor as well and Hugh Taylor two very um, smart people five o'clock the Ascot Stakes two mile four I've not really got a, a strong line in here um, Pied Piper was seriously impressive when winning that um, triumph hurdle trial um, bring on the night for Willie Mullins could just be thrown in who really knows mm. Uh, I give a, sh- a quick mention to Arcadian Sunrise, who is two pounds off his last winning mark, and uh, well, helped by the fact that Harry Davis on board. Harry Davis is a very good uh, young claimer, and so I wouldn't be surprised to see that one running a big race. But two mile four handicaps not really for me. <laughs> no, I think we can probably leave that just because uh, it's not necessarily our strong point when it comes to Royal Ascot. 5.35, the Wolferton Stakes looks very open. Cadillac, bit of support in this one in the in the market. Sixes. Fox's Tails, sixes. Majestic Dawn, also sixes. Juan Elcano, Perotto. Sorry, just quick, I think Majestic Dawn's out, by the way. Really, presumably on ground concerns. Yeah. Uh, Regal Reality, seven. Star Safari, eights. 10 to 1, Herovian. 12 to 1, Tasman Bay, West End Charmer. 16 to 1 bar those um i think this is an interesting race it was fascinating to hear that ashin would have loved to ride fox's tails here mm. um well he won on him last year at, at the royal meeting um and just sort of thinks that this track is kind of tailor-made for fox's tails which is very interesting um i thought tasman bay was interesting having had really good form behind the likes of Dubai Honor, Bayid, Alan Kerr, John Leeper, Hurricane Lane last year. But coming from a long layoff, as are a lot of these, the one I thought I'd take a chance on was actually New Mandate, who steps up here to 10 furlongs for the first time, which means that 
he's the most unexposed at this trip. So it could equally, uh, you know, mean that he doesn't perform well with the the extra distance. But I love this form line with Sabuska at Ascot, having come out after a huge layoff and and beaten him. Uh, and Valiant Prince was back and forth that day, who's come out since and absolutely bolted up. So new mandate at twenties strikes me as a little bit of a um, an opportunity for for an each way bet. Um, also registering the fact that Ashin loves Fox's tails, which mm. I think is is quite telling. Yeah, I'd I'd leave this race happily follow you in on that. Don't have a strong opinion. It 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 looks open for sure. Um, the six ten is very interesting. We've had support for Cleveland even today from threes into twos. Um, he heads the market, having won that Chester Cup. Stole five to one. Juan de Montalban for Kevin Phillip de Hoy is sixes, Bandanelli, nines, Okita Sushi, tens, Platinum Card, twelves, Alunak, fourteens, not so sleepy. All right, Sunshine, uh, 16 to one, bar those. What did you think? Well, one thing I would say is that Cleveland's not always going to get as good a ride as Ryan Moore gave him that day at Chester. I mean, to win on that horse that day was was really impressive and he gave him an unbelievable ride. Um, So I would say that, uh, though he is a worthy favourite based off of that. Uh, I think, again, I don't have a massive uh, opinion on this one. Uh, Possibly stronger on a few earlier on in the card. Um, But I know, or I think you like Stoll, maybe. Mm. I do like Stoll. I think... I do like Cleveland. I think Cleveland is still potentially unexposed. Stoll, I think the really taking bit of form was at the Royal Meeting back last year when third behind Kamari and Wordsworth in the Queen's Vars. That clearly a group two. Steps back into a handicap here off just 104. Frankie Dettori, we know, is the king of Ascot. And, you know, I, I thought, although it wasn't mightily impressive last time, Al Arsi was very good. And they kind of ran the race with Stoll to try and win that race. And he sort of faded at the end. Had it been over one mile six, maybe it's a different yeah. story. I, I think he's been a mildly disappointing horse. Uh, promised a lot and it hasn't really delivered on that. But yeah, you're right. He's in a handicap and, and it's possibly a winnable, winnable mark. So I wouldn't pay anyone off. Yeah. Um, that ties up. Should we do best bet? Yeah. Okay. Best bet. What's yours? <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll put up I'll put up. Uh, Tis marvelous each way. I think uh, I think he's got a really big chance, and it's an it's an open enough race. And I'll go for Blackbeard in the three o five for mine. So that is day one of Royal Ascot covered. It's going to be a fantastic week, and hopefully we've had some winning tips in there. Remember, bet sensibly, drink responsibly, and enjoy yourself. We'll see you tomorrow as well. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow for day two, the Wednesday. But for now, that's all for me, Tris. And that's all for me as well, Charlie. Goodbye. Goodbye.